Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there. Welcome to the screen porch. It's Mary Stone enjoying a beautiful fall day. I hope you are enjoying a delightful shift in the weather too. How fun it was to hear back from some of you about your fun guy. And it seems I wasn't the only one who didn't know that a giant puffball mushroom that we spoke about last week is edible. We may become mushroom scavengers after all, right? So anyway, today we're going to share a special garden visit. There were some mushrooms involved, come to think of it. Many odd-looking ones, although I didn't take photos. I was busy taking other photographs, which I look forward to telling you about. And it starts like this. Hello, fellow readers and listeners. What a joy to visit with Connie and Susan of Blairstown, New Jersey. I met Susan and her husband, Don, while walking Jolie. They are building a home nearby, and Jolie and I have grown to adore them. In fact, I think it was uh, episode 75 I mentioned little Odin, who was their grandson, and I got to see him this morning on the morning walk, so treasure those wonderful friends you find. One day we spoke about her mom, who loves to garden. Susan said a few of her mom's boxwood showed signs of disease, and I offered to come by primarily to meet her mom and witness their mother-daughter connection in the garden. We've always talked about plants together, Susan said. How I miss the days with my dear old mom, but relish the memories of walking around the garden. I can see her now watering the plants. That was her favorite part. Before visiting, I brushed off the cobwebs on boxwood dilemmas I've encountered, such as boxwood blight caused by a fungus. It can defoliate a plant in one week from infection, while the branches remain green. Once they become infected, there is no cure and the fungus can persist in leaf droppings, mulch, and soil for six years. So it can be devastating. You can read the box with blight is coming to town, archived on askmarystone.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Then there's boxwood leaf miner, also known as hot dog flies. Their larvae look like tiny orange hot dogs that you can view when you slit open a leaf. A bit of warning, they're wiggly. In spring, the adults emerge that look like tiny orange mosquitoes. Fortunately, leaf miner found early is treatable with neem oil, my go-to alternative to chemical pesticides. It was a fun story that I wrote. It was my neighbor, actually, who was new in the home that told me they were called hot dog flies, leaf miner, that is. And uh, so you should see me almost every time I see boxwood that likely have the disease. I open up a leaf and you see that wiggly thing and it usually gets quite a reaction from folks. So when I arrived at the house, I have to say, Susan met me outside, and uh, her mom was going to be right out shortly, and so when she came out, I introduced myself, and she goes, I know who you are. So it was so fun. I mean, she loves my column. In fact, she told Susan about my column, and so she is a fan of mine, and I have become a fan of hers. I actually brought my microphone with me, and I recorded some, so I'm hoping we can interject some of... Uh, Connie and Susan's chat with me. Connie's home welcomes you with a beautiful row of boxwood embracing the circular driveway. European boxwood, which is also known as common boxwood, the botanical name is Buxus sempervirens, is hardy in zones 5 to 8. It likes full sun to part shade, 
and it grows 5 to 15 feet tall and wide. It's often used actually as uh, topiaries in gardens and as clipped tight hedges because it is very narrow-leaved and uh, easy to prune. Hers are primarily healthy, though there was a gap in the hedgerow where one died. She planted a baby boxwood about a foot tall in a vacant spot, propagated from a cutting. How most of her boxwoods came to be... So why a fascination with boxwoods? You have a lot of them. Because the deer don't eat them and they're green. I'm looking for something green. Something nice structure. I mean, they're beautiful. When I was touring around the garden, I have to say, I saw a lot more deer damage than I have in my own garden. Even the hyssop was chomped, which is a herb that flowers in the fall. It's quite lovely. I never heard deer eat hyssop, or I've never seen deer eat hyssop. And then I learned that she's friendly with her deer. There's one that's particularly comfortable around them, which has something to do with graham crackers. The thing is, by taming wildlife, they become trusting of others, which could backfire, sadly, and they become problem deer or problem bear, or become an easy target for a hunter. She showed me her pots of new cuttings next to an arbor that Don and Susan crafted from the remnants of a gazebo that had served its time. A garden shed is now there because Connie had a vision that she needed one after all these years. It's a lovely structure, like a mini barn next to a meandering creek. A white oak seeded itself in front of it. This is great. So the oaks, I learned that um, like people want instant gratification to plant an oak, but they suggest that you put in a sapling because they spend so much time with their root development. If you get a bald and burlap, a B&B &B oak, maybe you'll get something tall going in, but it won't grow much because it's got to recover its root structure. So yeah, growing I them heard that you're better off putting in like I did at church, I put an acorn yeah. in the ground. My friend said, What are you doing that for? You'll never live to see that. <laughs> well it was ninety eight when I put it in. So it's twenty cups. It's, it's, it's huge. Big, big. Is it? You may recall we spoke about essential oaks in episode thirty five, you may wish to jump back to, where we also chat about leaf therapy. Nothing like walking amongst the trees. Back to Connie's boxwood. There are some with yellowing leaves. I suspect it's Volutella. Early signs are the stunting of new growth. Then the leaves turn yellow and darken to tan. Unlike boxwood blight, the infected leaves stay on the plant, but it's also impossible to cure, so preventing spread is vital. Fortunately, Connie's dilemma is early, and the avid gardener, 89 years young, will be on top of the remedy. Spray copper-based fungicide following label instructions before the new growth emerges, after pruning, and again in summer and fall. Be sure to prune off disease stems when the plant is dry and toss them in the garbage, not in the compost, as the fungus can live for five to six years. There are many treasures to admire in the garden tour, such as how Susan stacked the wood and piled the stones found on the site, making majestic artwork out of them, and as you would guess, there are photos on the Garden Dilemmas website. And the plentiful foxgloves. Fox oh, this is foxglove. Oh, this is Oh, this first, is all foxglove. It starts out. Oh, my in God. In the spring, she's got foxgloves this oh. tall everywhere. Oh, my God. And by the time they're gone, the Cleomies are back. So there's always flowers here. Yeah. Wow, I would love to see that. I'll have to come and see that when it's yeah. in bloom. Her hot pink Cleome is still going strong despite the October date. While an annual, it self-seeds readily from year to year. 
the common name for Cleoma is called spider flower, and it really does look like a spider. The way the uh, flower is all spiky and the seed pods look like legs of a spider, it's a very cool plant. I'd love to see her garden during the peak growing season, and Connie invited me to do just that. Just come by. I'll be in the garden. And I bet she will. <laughs> she loves her garden. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com I so enjoyed the visit, reminding me of my walks around the garden with dear mom and later with grandpa, who lived with us his last years. It turns out Connie grew up on a dairy farm, much like my mom. I asked if either of them had been introduced to gardening by way of 4-H. There wasn't a 4-H in Brooklyn. Connie lived there as a girl, she said. Susan piped in and said she took up sewing in 4-H, and we shared our common stories on that subject and how we each have our patterns from those years ago. I wonder what you can do with old sewing patterns. Anyway, thanks so much for visiting with me and joining me on the garden tour with Susan and Connie. Such a delight. I invite more of you to reach out to me at askmarystone at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your garden stories and how you got your garden start. And um, also appreciate if you could share the podcast with a friend or two so more can find us and enjoy and grow in this garden of life. Thanks so much. See you next time. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at gardendilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.